Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. Y'all, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to start the show with with the news that I think needs to be started with because it actually is significant news. But I don't want to bore you to death. <laughs> we got to talk some numbers. Um, it, it, but th- there's there's a method to my madness here because I think you got to understand this stuff. The Republican National Committee has been meeting in Las Vegas. It's their uh, winter meeting. They go around the country. They're doing it in in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is going to be a hot spot for the election in November. Uh, It's it's a swing part of the country. Democrats tend to control it, but there actually are a lot of independent voters. If you can um, do well in Clark County as a Republican, you can lose Clark County and win Nevada as long as you keep it close. So while they're out there, uh, Charlie Kirk, Turning Point USA, and, and others have, have gotten together, and they've got a uh, counter-programming of, of grifters, hucksters, charlatans, uh, fringe celebrities. This, this is where the Taylor Swift conspiracy theory, it's getting staged and promoted, among other things. And, and one of the things they're trying to do is deprive the RNC of cash. And it is working. Uh, Turning Point USA has over $23 million in assets. They've got a... Um, Gross raised $81 million. I think that's over time, uh, not just in a year, but this is all guide star public information. Kind of kind of wild, the amount of money they've raised. Meanwhile, they're, they're trying to get people to not give money to the Republican National Convention or to the Republican National Committee. I don't recommend giving money to the Republican National Committee or, or Turning Point for that matter. All of them have problems, but there's something that we really actually need to talk about. And, and this is, is I, look, I don't want to bore you. I don't want to bore you. But there really actually is something that you have to understand. And it's factual information. This is not my opinion. My opinion is the RNC sucks. My opinion is that every time there's a Uh, race for chair of the RNC, the outside consulting class goes nuts over trying to find someone who they can profit off of. Every single time there is a chairman's race for the RNC, uh, 
the consultants divide up, pick sides, and, and, and fight over contracts and try to install their friends to get cushy kickbacks. It, it's a corrupt, corrupt, corrupt situation. But so is the, I personally believe, the Turning Point USA situation. To, to bring in that much money, uh, to have all these outside vendors uh, who who all the people inside have the outside relationships with, uh, to, to be a 30-year-old in a $5 million house, it's not from talk radio. I can assure you of that. Your number two lives in a multi-million dollar house. It has a... Um, $100,000 plus speedboat, uh, you got a beach condo, you got a house on a private, it, it, it just, to me, it looks like a grift operation and they're not putting points on the board and they want the money. They don't want you to give it to the RNC. And there are lots of other outside groups in, in the same situation that want you to give them money instead of giving it to the RNC. But there's a real problem. And, and this is why I start this because I need to educate you on the law here. Um, so th- those of you who are tempted to say, burn it all down, listen, I have long fought the RNC. Um, I, I have exposed graft, greed, corruption. Uh, my old website, Red State, uh, the, the the proprietors there have a piece up today on how much waste there is at Ronald McDaniel's RNC. There always is spending money on flowers and media consultants and stuff like that instead of get out the vote operations. But there's a problem. The problem is this. Under federal election law, and I will remind you, I was an elections lawyer. I, 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 this is not opinion. This is fact. Under federal election law, no outside entity is allowed to coordinate with a political campaign other than the political party itself. Now, what is coordination? Coordination is when the outside entities talk to the campaigns. So, for example, so for example, um, you, the campaign, see polling. Your internal polling shows that uh, there is a persuadable group of women, and this message will persuade those women, but you don't have the money to target those women with the advertising. You can take that information to the political committee, whether it's the Democratic National Committee or the Republican National Committee, depending on your side, and you can say, here's what our internal polling says. This group of people is persuadable. Y'all use your money to target that group of people. That's coordination. The political party and the cam- campaign can coordinate, get out the vote operations, so they're not double dipping. Uh, you've got the the political uh, committee is doing the door knocking with the message given by the candidate. That's coordination. The political committee can move money to the campaign. So the campaign can say, hey, we're running low on cash. Can you give us some? The political committee can send them money, however much they need. Only the political committees can do that legally in the United States. So every other group is not allowed to talk to the campaign that's helping them. So take Never Back Down and Ron DeSantis, for example. The There had to be a firewall between the campaign and Never Back Down because Never Back Down is a super PAC and the DeSantis campaign is a separate entity. This is one of the fundamental Achilles heels flaws with the DeSantis campaign is they were relying on Never Back Down, but were not allowed to talk to Never Back Down. So I know, for example, people at Never Back Down complained that the DeSantis team did not have a good message and they were having trouble messaging in a way that related. Well, the only way for them to relay that to the DeSantis campaign was to put it on Twitter and complain about it or to put it on some back end of the website that was publicly available to everyone. They couldn't directly tell the campaign, your message sucks, even though they thought it did. 
It was very difficult to coordinate with them. There's also something else that the political committees can do that no nonprofit in America can do. I mentioned this the other day. It's very important you understand this. The Republican National Committee and the Democratic National Committee can do voter registration drives that only register Republicans or Democrats. If you're a nonprofit like Stacey Abrams' um, Fair Fight Georgia or Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA, they're both 501c3s, they can't exclude people from a political party. They have to do nonpartisan voter registration drives. So if a Democrat comes up to Turning Point USA or a Republican goes up to uh, Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight, you can't turn them away. If you do, you violated your 501c3 status. However, the Republican National Committee and the Democratic National Committee and, and the Republican Party and the Democratic Party of your state can do explicitly partisan voter registration drives that refuse to register people of the other party. And then they can do explicit get-out-the-vote efforts that explicitly target people of their party to get them out to vote. No one else can do that. So if Never Back Down goes away tomorrow or, or um, the, what is it, Save America, Donald Trump Super PAC goes away tomorrow or Turning Point USA goes away tomorrow or, or Stacey Abrams Fair Fight, well, it, it went away the other day. If they go away... Political parties can still operate, but if the political parties go away, no one else can coordinate with the candidate. It's really important you understand that. I realize it, 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 it's a, a, a boring point here, but the point is there are outside grifter groups on the right who are trying to convince Republicans who hate the Republican National Committee that you should not give them money. If you kill the Republican National Committee, you're costing Donald Trump the election. You're costing Donald Trump the election because only the party committee can flow money to the presidential campaign. Only the party committee can coordinate with the presidential campaign for get-out-the-vote efforts, for voter registration efforts, for uh, media targeting efforts, for uh, advertising, for messaging, for polling, for anything the campaigns do. Only the party committees can coordinate. No one else can. So you kill it off. You starve it of money. You're hurting the campaign. Now, this is brought to bear by the news today that the Republican National Committee is running out of money. Republican donors are not stepping up. Uh, Matt Rosendale, who's looking at running for uh, the Senate in Montana, raised less than a million dollars. Uh, MAGA donors are given to Trump. They're not given to him. Carrie Lake is struggling for money. She's um, not doing well for money in Arizona. And Trump's own PACs are not doing well. So MAGA Inc. Uh, has $23.25 million on hand, which sounds good, except it, it spent $20 million on independent expenditures and sent $30 million to Save America PAC uh, to cover Trump's legal fees and burned $4.7 million on operating expenditures. MAGA PAC, uh, which was the 2016-2020 campaign committee, received $5.9 million from Save America, spent $5.9 million, including four of that on legal fees, and it only has on hand $572,828. The Save America PAC is the big one. It raised $6.6 million. It sent $30 million, um, re or got $30 million refunded by MAGA Inc. It spent $35.2 million. Over $25 million of that was on Trump's legal bills and $110,000 on Melania Trump's stylist. It only has $5 million on hand. 
Trump's main fundraising vehicle, Save America Joint Fundraising Committee, brought in $75 million in the second half of 2023, burned $27 million on operating costs, and then sent $42 million to the Trump 24 campaign and six to the Save America Leadership Pact, some of it for legal bills. Donald Trump's campaign has $33 million cash on hand. Spent $3.7 million on legal consulting. Let's compare that to the Democrats. The main Biden super PAC has $24 million compared to Donald Trump's Make America Great Again Inc. super PAC, which has $23 million. Not bad. $1 million more. But Joe Biden raised over $100 million and the DNC raised over $100 million and has about $100 million cash on hand. Uh, all of Trump's entities combined have half of what Joe Biden has. The Republican National Committee has less than $9 million left in the bank and is looking to take on an outside loan to be able to cover the costs of the campaign season. Uh, the GOP and the Trump operation are cash-starved in large part because of the massive legal bills that are being paid. The money actually matters. And now you've got these outside grifters on the right who are telling people don't give money to the RNC. You're only legally allowed to give up to $6,600 to Donald Trump. Now, the good news for Trump is that Joe Biden's massive fundraising hall, a lot of it is maxed out donors who can never give to Joe Biden again. Donald Trump can go back to these people and ask for more money because uh, very few, only about a quarter of Donald Trump's donors have maxed out to him, giving him $6,600. There's a lot more money for Trump to tap in. The problem is Trump's donors aren't stepping up and writing checks right now. So the Democrats are cash rich and the Republicans are cash poor right now. And you have the outside grifters saying, don't send them any more money, send it to us instead, and, and we'll use it. And meanwhile, they're paying for parties. They got these, these big properties that they own for various reasons. And the Republicans are being bled dry internally. The Democrats are a more homogenous operation right now. The Democrats are in this to win it. The Republicans are not. That's the bottom line. There is an entire class within the conservative uh, business space now, con, con Inc., we should call it, that makes a lot of money and loses. And by losing, they can fuel people's raging anger to get more money, and they never have to be burdened with governing. The Democrats want the power. The Republicans seem to want the money. This is going to be a huge problem moving forward. I don't know if you all saw the morning consult polling. Has Donald Trump just crushing Joe Biden in all the swing states? Now, morning consult actually isn't a great pollster. It's like the 115th best pollster in America. It's an online poll, which online polls are terrible. But let's just take it for what it's worth. Let's take the polling averages. In the polling averages, Donald Trump is ahead in five of the seven swing states right now. Joe Biden has barely begun to spend money, and the Republicans don't have any money, and that money can be spent to define Trump early with independent voters. We have to get the RNC to fix itself and fund it on the right if you want Donald Trump to win because the outside entities, they can't coordinate with him. They, they can't do stuff. This is a huge problem that you can see right now manifesting itself and rippling through the entire election season. No one's paying attention to it, which is why I thought it was important to start here today. There's a massive fundraising advantage on the Democratic side right now, and all the people that the donors on the right are giving money to 
can't coordinate with the Trump campaign to ensure his message, consistency, and victory, it is an Achilles heel on the right that needs to be fixed. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, happy to have you. Well, it's been almost a year since the rail disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. Joe Biden kept saying and promising last year he was going to go to East Palestine, Ohio. He finally has decided he's going to go uh, and... Well, the White House, they don't want to say it's a campaign thing. East Palestine, why, um, why did the administration decide that um, things have, I guess, coalesced and it's now the time for uh, President Biden to go? So uh, the mayor and uh, community leaders invited the president uh, to meet with uh, East Palestine uh, residents and also assess uh, the recovery uh, progress that's been going on uh, for some time now, as you all know. And so the president had always said that he would go when it is most helpful uh, to the community. And with this invitation, obviously, uh, very recent, uh, and the current uh, status of the recovery, we felt that the time was right again. We got an invitation from the mayor and community leaders to uh, to come. They've been inviting the man for over a year. East Palestine, not Palestine, East Palestine, Ohio, residents have been begging Joe Biden to come for a year. Who knew he needed a formally engraved invitation to actually show up and see citizens of the United States of America? Uh, Joe Biden finally going to East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, no coincidence at all, he's waiting for the campaign uh, of a swing state in a campaign election year, not the year of the disaster. Swiss America has been warning you people about the clowns in Washington and, and just what a, how screwed up everything is. Bank situation just wild right now. What are interest rates going to do? They want to help you save and protect your hard-earned assets. They've got a report you should read, The Secret War on Cash. Really, it, it explains to you how corporations and the government are conspiring together to control how you spend money and to get you away from actual cash into credit card purchases and the like so they can well, score you and, and block purchases and, and, and deny you the right to use your own money. You should read it. Secret War on Cash, it's free. All you do, you mention my name, Eric Erickson, when you call or text 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. Call or text my name. Or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Easy though, my name, Eric Erickson. You can call them and mention my name or text my name to 800-289-2646. Message and data rates may apply. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson. Delighted to have you with me. The phone number is 877-973-7425. We got a talk about what's happening abroad. Uh, it is it is a bigger issue than I think a lot of Americans want to want to talk about or, or even think about. If you study the history of Vietnam, one of the the things you'll find is that um, during the Johnson administration, late Kennedy administration, uh, the into the Johnson administration he, is the North Vietnamese were making incursions into the South. We would respond proportionally and incrementally. 
And that sent a signal to the communists that we really didn't want to fight. And in fact, we very publicly would say, we're, we're not looking to escalate. We're not looking for a war. And so that inspired them to start a war because they knew we did not have the resolve. It is eerily similar to what's going on now in the Middle East. This is from CBS News. U.S. officials have confirmed to CBS News that plans have been approved for a series of strikes over a number of days against targets, including Iranian personnel and facilities, inside Iraq and Syria. The strikes will come in response to drone and rocket attacks targeting U.S. forces in the region, including the drone attack on Sunday that killed three U.S. service members at the Tower 22 base inside Jordan near the Syrian border. Speaking at the Pentagon Thursday, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told reporters that the U.S. won't tolerate attacks on American troops, except we have been. Been about 100 since October 7th. But there's something more ridiculous here you should probably be able to put your finger on. Why is the American military and this administration telling CBS News how we intend to respond so that CBS News can then broadcast it to the world so then Iran can hear that we intend to target Iranian personnel and facilities inside Iraq and Syria? to give them time to batten down the hatches. This is this is insanity. This this is absolutely amateur hour. We were told the adults were back in charge. These are children. Actually, these aren't even children. These are clowns. Weather will be a major factor in the timing of the strikes, the U.S. officials told CBS News, as the U.S. has the cap capability to carry out strikes in bad weather, but prefers to have better visibility of selected targets as a safeguard against inadvertently hitting civilians who might stray into the area at the last moment. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but it does rain in the Middle East. Um, it rains and it gets cold. In fact, you know, um, there's actually a chance of rain in Baghdad today. It's declining as the day goes on into the night there. It is uh, 8 p.m. there right now as I'm talking. It's now cloudy. They've had some rain. It's going to be sunny uh, over the next day or so. Just bizarre that we would telegraph this. The 10-day weather forecast for Baghdad is uh, after the rain has moved through, there were early showers, and there's going to be very slight chance of rain, but there will be clouds. Lows in the low 40s, highs in, in the upper 60s. You know, it, it, so when I was a kid, it would, uh, living over there, this is the, the rainy season. Uh, January, February, and into March, it rains, and then it all goes away for the rest of the year, by and large. And so we're telegraphing several things to the international community. One, that if it's really cloudy, we're not going to strike. And two, uh, when the clouds go away, we are going to strike, and we're going to strike Iranian personnel and supplies, and we're going to do it in Iraq and Syria, not Iran. We're not going after the Houthi or anywhere else. So you know what you can do, Iran? You can move your personnel out now. 
They're playing chess. We're playing checkers. This is ludicrous. It's irresponsible as well. The Houthi yesterday fired missiles at an American warship. And all of the defense systems on the warship failed except the final Gatlin gun, which thankfully saved the ship. The missile was about a mile away or just seconds from impact. So if you look at an American warship at the top, it's always been so cool to see. Um, they have the same. It looks like R2-D2. It's this white thing at the top. And it's got a Gatlin gun that sticks out of it. And it fires massive rounds at incoming missiles. Uh, you can overwhelm the system if obviously there are a lot of missiles coming. It can only shoot so many. But there are other defensive systems for the uh, warships as well. There are electronic systems. There are uh, return fire systems they can fire when they target the missiles to hit the missiles. The final line of defense is this R2-D2-like Gatlin gun that sits at the top and, and fires the machine gun, the, the Gatlin gun, essentially, of huge rounds to blow up the missiles. And thankfully, it was successful or it would have impacted the ship. Here's what's going on, though, is the Houthi firing their missiles and rockets at American warships are relaying back to the Russians and the Chinese and the Iranians our actual capabilities. They are field testing maneuvers that China, Russia, and Iran can use directly. They're using the Houthi to keep their hands and fingerprints off of it uh, so that they can then test our resolve and our weapons systems and our weapons defense systems on our naval vessels. If we obliterated them, they wouldn't be able to do that, and it would signal our resolve. But Joe Biden doesn't want to do that. He's telegraphing his weakness. And this, I think, is really important and something that everybody needs to understand here. Joe Biden is not telegraphing America's weakness. Joe Biden is telegraphing Joe Biden's weakness. Joe Biden is not telegraphing the weakness of the American military. Joe Biden is telegraphing the weakness of the American military leadership. We have the best trained fighting force on the planet. The Chinese have not been militarily tested in more than a generation. We are battle-tested and battle-hardened. We have weapon systems that have proven themselves in war. The Chinese haven't. Everything about China's military is theoretical. And you do need to understand that for all the, the, the fear of Chinese military, their aircraft carrier caught on fire, split in half, their major new destroyers, um, burn up uh, off the coast of China for people, everybody to see. Turns out they've been uh, filling their nuclear missiles with water instead of fuel to launch them. There's a lot of corruption. President Xi is trying to weed out that corruption, waste, fraud, abuse, graft, greed, corruption. He's trying to get rid of it to build up a fighting force. It's very hard in communist countries to do that because the whistleblowers tend to die. We have a battle-hardened, battle-tested military with weapon systems that we know work that are being tested in Ukraine, among other places. That's another reason we should keep funding Ukraine. It's not that we don't have the capacity or the weapon systems. It's that we're testing them in Ukraine against the Russians, which were supposed to be the second-best army on the planet, and now we see they're not. Our weapons manufacturers, though, have gotten lazy and greedy and sclerotic. Uh, they've atrophied in resources. Look at Boeing. Boeing commercial and military, it's not doing well. Our weapons manufacturers are actually telling the American military, we can't do that for you. 
Our American industrial military industrial complex is starting to tell the Pentagon no. Uh, there are a lot of conspiracy theorists. It's not just the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift conspiracy theorists. The same people who believe the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift conspiracy theory are convinced that the American military industrial complex wants perpetual war. Because oh my God, Dwight Eisenhower said something sometime in the past. They actually don't because they don't have the capacity right now. They don't. They're telling the Pentagon no. And again, we have reserves. That's why I'm okay sending stuff to Ukraine. We have great reserves still. But right now, we have a runway in this country to uh, resupply and add efficiencies to our military-industrial complex that we actually need for what is inevitably coming. And this administration doesn't want to fix the supply chain issues. It doesn't want to build efficiencies into the system. It doesn't want to expand the contractors. God forbid they enrich a defense contractor who might keep us safe and build weapons to keep us safe. You know, there are new there are new companies coming out there. One, one a, a buddy of mine who's in this business and works with the military. There, he's been he put on my radar. It's a new company. It's in Atlanta, Anduril. It, it's impressive. So they're making drones that are weaponized drones that can be launched as a swarm, and the ones that are not uh, blown up come back to base so you can use them again. It's an impressive, efficient weapon system. And they're competing for space with the big dogs, the, the Northrop Gummins, the Lockheeds, the Boeings, the Raytheons, and others. And, of course, the big ones want to shut out the small ones. They want to shut out the innovators. Uh, we've got time to fix this stuff. But it doesn't help when we have an administration that wants to telegraph its weaknesses to the world. By telegraphing to the Iranians that an attack is coming in these locations against these types of things, it gives the Iranians time to move their hardware, move their personnel, uh, reinforce their defense systems before we actually attack. And this is what led us into Vietnam. The Iranians know Joe Biden's history. Joe Biden likes to tuck tail and retreat. He wanted out of Vietnam. The moment he got in Congress, he started in the Senate, he started calling for it. He wanted out of Lebanon after the Marine barracks bombing. He wanted out of Iraq. He wanted out of Afghanistan. He got it out of Afghanistan. Joe Biden does not have the intestinal fortitude or testicular fortitude to actually fight a fight. Joe Biden is all talk, but he lacks the testicular fortitude to actually lead the American military on the world stage in defense of American sovereignty and for our allies. Joe Biden wants to tickle the enemy. He doesn't want to punch the enemy. He can talk a good game about corn pop, but when it actually comes to developing a robust defense capacity that punches Iran hard so they don't dare punch back, Joe Biden refuses to do it. At the end of the day, he's a moral coward and pacifist who does not want to lead America on the world stage. He wants to retreat us from the world stage because Joe Biden and the nonprofit progressive academics in his administration believe the world is worse off with a strong America. Eight days before October 7th, Jake Sullivan, his national security advisor, bragged on the world stage about how the Middle East was more stable than it has been in decades. Eight days later, Hamas was chopping off the heads of Israelis and the American military couldn't figure out what to do because its defense secretary had disappeared and Joe Biden himself was derelict from duty because the man does not want to throw a punch. He only wants to talk about when he was a kid throwing punches. And now, at the end of the day, 
The American military, thanks to Joe Biden's leadership and Lloyd Gates, who couldn't bother to tell anyone he was off the job, wants to make sure the Iranians are off the job when our missiles fly so we can keep escalating. Because in their minds, the continued escalation will lead to us not being in war. When history shows, it's the very thing that gets us into big wars and gets a lot of Americans killed. Three American military personnel from Georgia are dead because of this administration's weak handling of Iran, and their response is more weak handling of Iran. How many other American military personnel must be killed before this administration decides it must actually throw the punch to get Iran to realize we mean business? Right now, they're just tickling them. There's so much to criticize this administration for there, and we haven't even gotten into the natural gas cuts. Americans for Prosperity is actually fighting the Biden administration on the liquid natural gas bans. They're raising policy proposals in the states to counter what Joe Biden is trying to do, which jeopardizes our national security and our energy security. They're fighting the Biden administration against energy security. They want you on their side. They are organized in all the states. They mean action, and they mean to fight. Uh, They hope you'll be on their side. Americansforprosperity.org, that's where you need to go. Americansforprosperity.org. Americans for Prosperity is a do tank, not a think tank. They get into the states and they do the business of the conservative movement. They fight the good fight. They're fighting the Biden administration on its energy policy. They're fighting the left on school choice. They're fighting the left on tax increases. They're fighting the left for free markets and free people. You should join them. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. They'll know I sent you. And you can be a better conservative activist fighting the fight against the Biden administration's terrible policies. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan in Noonan, Georgia. They can help anybody in the United States. First Liberty Building and Loan makes their own lending decisions. They've been doing it since the 90s, and they specialize in helping businesses that see opportunity where other lenders don't see it, um, put their vision together and build it. FirstLibertyGA.com. If you need $250,000 or more to buy a building, to build a building, to buy a franchise, anything like that. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. They're good people. Uh, this this bothers me so much. Um, President Biden has spoken to um, the parents of one of the soldiers who died in Syria over the weekend and uh, told him he can relate because he lost his son, Bo, in Iraq. Bo Biden died of brain cancer five years after returning from Iraq. He did not die in Iraq. The president tells this story all the time. Now, part of it from what has been explained to me is that he is convinced that uh, the reason Bo Biden got brain cancer was because of burn fields in Iraq and the, the burning of hazardous chemicals and other things, and so he relates it to Iraq. But still, it's not really true. It doesn't mean his, his son didn't die, but to, to try to tell military families my son died in Iraq, so I, I get your kid dying in combat, his son did not die in combat. He's done it again. Just uh, th- that sort of stuff is is, is bothersome to me. Um, and and I, they died, these three soldiers died because Joe Biden refused to show strength and resolve to Iran. All Iran understands is power. And when you don't use your power, Iran refuses to back down, and it continues to throw punches. 
if you want to stop Iran from killing Americans, you don't tell them when we're bombing and what we're bombing. You just go bomb the snot out of them. Doesn't mean you have to bomb Iran directly. They have plenty of assets spread throughout the Middle East, but you got to take it to the Houthi and you got to take it to to the terror leaders in Iraq. You absolutely do. And we're not doing that. It's deeply dangerous. China and Russia are watching. In fact, you know, right now, uh, Joe Biden is trying to wind down our investments in in Ukraine. That'll make some of you happy. Uh, I think it's a disastrous policy because it's just going to embolden the Russians. But he doesn't actually want to even fight the fight there anymore. It's such a such a dangerous, dangerous policy that he's engaged in. And he doesn't actually care. And that's the most horrific part of it all is, is Joe Biden doesn't actually care. And in the process of him not caring, Joe Biden is getting Americans killed by signaling our weaknesses abroad. Now, when we come back, it's not just Biden. The squad, you know, the progressive squad in Congress, it really has become the Hamas caucus. There was a vote in Congress yesterday. The House of Representatives votes on very little anymore. It doesn't get very much done. But the House of Representatives passed a law yesterday. And the law says simply that anyone who was complicit in or participated in the October 7th attack on Israel shall be barred from entry into the United States of America. Every member of the House of Representatives voted for this piece of legislation to bar entry into this country of the Hamas terrorists, except for two members of Congress. You might not be surprised who, but I'll give you their names when we come back. 